Everything that happened after George Floyd was to me an overreaction. What's up everybody? My name is Mel and welcome to Life Coaching by Mel. I have a heart out for any attacks of the enemy that comes against the family dynamic. So my job and my calling here, so to speak, is to speak truth to power, speak truth to exactly what is going on with any given issue. And it's not my truth, it's not your truth, it's his truth. The truth according to the word of God, the truth according to the ways of God. In any given topic, there's a de facto line of demarcation that we all must submit to. And I believe as a nation, we have dropped the ball on this a lot. And from my vantage point, it's beyond time that we get beyond the opinions of one side or the other and we get to the actual root of each matter. So if this is something that you enjoy listening to, you enjoy taking part of, be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit the like button, hit the comment section, let me know what you think about this topic, and be sure to share this with at least one person. Matter of fact, share it with everyone you know. Let's get the word out that it's time to speak truth. And that's exactly what we're going to do with this particular topic here. NFL team Washington Commanders, or they were formerly known as the Washington Redskins, are currently being sued by NAGA. And that stands for Native American Guardians Association. Now that's a very funny acronym. Funny for multiple reasons because it's very close to MAGA, Make America Great Again. But it's also, if you say it in a certain vernacular, say it in a certain way, depending on where you're from, it sounds like you're saying another word, them naggers, you know. But anyway, <laughs> they are being sued by Naga after the team made alleged defamatory remarks regarding their organization. And I'm reading this according to the NBC Montana website. It says the Native American Guardians Association, Naga, have filed a lawsuit against the Washington Commanders after the team allegedly made defamatory comments attacking the association's integrity. The suit filed Monday in the U.S. District Court of North Dakota alleges the commanders have a monopoly on the narrative concerning Native American sentiment regarding the team's 2020 name change, which striped it of its Redskins moniker. What's going on here, guys, is the Washington Commanders changed their name back in 2020 from the Redskins to the football team, and they more recently landed on Commanders. Anyone who's familiar with sports whatsoever, familiar with NFL, think that the Commanders is definitely a whack name. It was whack when they were the football team. The team in general is whack, but, you know, we love the mascot in itself. The Redskins once was a very respectable organization back in the mid to late 80s and early 90s. They had it going on. They were the NFC East, used to call the NFC Beast. Okay, the Redskins, Cowboys, Eagles, and the Giants all were prominent teams. As a Cowboy fan, I'm fully familiar with the Redskins and honestly kind of loved the mascot. I didn't know much about it back then, but I loved it because it gave the Cowboys and Indians type of vibe anytime we met them. Honestly, our biggest rival in the 90s was the, definitely the Redskins as translated to the Eagles right about now. But it's always been something I respected, always been something I feared, so to speak. They always, you know, would give us battles. What is the root of this change that they originally did? When you hear stories like this of somebody like me who has spoken out about these type of issues before online and definitely within my friend groups, stories like this kind of give you a moment of a little fist pump. You know, you start fist pumping yourself a little bit and realizing, man, I was right the entire time. Anytime you see some type of change such of this magnitude, and this is very big because this is, we're talking about a billion dollar corporation changes its name based on societal pressure. It's a huge story. Anything of this magnitude, please know and please have in the back of your mind this one name, George Soros. George Soros is funding a group by the name of National Congress of America Indians, 
NCAI. This is the group that pushed the name change for not only the Commanders or the Redskins, but also the baseball team, the Cleveland Indians, who are now the Cleveland Guardians. And they're pushing for that same change to take place with the Braves and a lot of other teams out there, high schools. They are pushing for these names to be changed, saying that this is disrespecting the Native American culture. Now, I'm not going to come up here like I'm an expert of the Native American culture. But I am trying to have a broad conversation here about virtue signaling and a broad conversation about the savior complex that whites tend to have when it comes to these type of matters. If you track anything that George Soros backs, it's primarily left-leaning, hard liberal, hard left-leaning organizations that in all actuality ends up in people's detriment. What I tend to say, guys, is like a lot of organizations, a lot of movements, it may initially have the mindset that we are doing something for the good. We want to do things to help others. But along the path, it just gets destructive over time for two reasons. Money gets involved, and then you open up this slippery slope. A slippery slope that never ends. Because if you do one thing for one person, one thing for one group, you do one thing that appeases a certain sector, eventually everyone's going to want a piece of the pie. And we finally got a piece of the pie. Am I for people getting what they deserve? Absolutely. Am I for people getting justice? 100%. But am I for virtue signaling? No, this entire thing, and I don't have to just speculate, this is actually said in the story as well from NBC Montana. This entire thing was residual effects of the George Floyd murder. And this is going to sound harsh. I'm sorry. But I need you guys to hear me out before you attack me. Just hear me out. Everything that happened after George Floyd was, to me, an overreaction. When it comes to race relations, it was completely an overreaction. The George Floyd situation, and me and my wife, we went up to Minnesota, and they have a you know, big time mural, the, the street is just like, it's turned to George Floyd Avenue, whatever it's called, but it's, you know, it's kind of crazy to see when I think about it, because this entire situation, it was two assholes colliding. Yeah, one asshole here has been a career asshole, career criminal. You have a, one asshole here has been a career asshole, not a criminal, but definitely doing criminal things, just doing it legally. If you don't believe me, you can look up Derek Chauvin's record. You can look up George Floyd, just Google on YouTube, more videos of George Floyd getting arrested. This is not the first time he said, I can't breathe. It's not the first time he called for his mother. It's not the first time he gave the police a hard time for a random traffic stop. That is how George acted regularly. So you saying he deserved to get killed? No. My point is completely that it was two assholes that got into it and had a horrible moment. One of them no longer here with us, rest his soul. And the other one can never be out in public without ever getting harassed again, not to mention his prison sentence. I'm not going to say that he got what they deserve, but, I mean, y'all the one believe in this karma thing. People say karma all the time, and, you know, if that's not karma for both of them, I don't know what is. We severely overreacted to that because there's no way that anyone can prove that that was strictly race-based. I don't think Derek Chauvin did that to Joy because he was a black man. I think Derek Chauvin did that because he had an opportunity to. I think he just was looking for the next person to victimize. I think he was looking for the next person to hurt and to get his rocks off, so to speak. Derek Chauvin is an asshole. It's just what assholes do. So because it's not a race-based situation, why do we begin this long trail of trying to recover from that type of moment? You know, even that one is fake. Even that one was not a race-based situation. It's been so many that has been. You will get an argument from me on that as well. <laughs> Because it's not that often it happens throughout the year 
they just get more publicized. I know I'm a you know a raccoon for saying that, but blacks in police brutality situations get more publicized. But that happens all the time in multiple races. So you got to ask, why is that being more publicized when it's blacks? For that same name, ladies and gentlemen, George Soros. He backs majority of these media outlets. And a part of me want to say that's virtue signaling as well. But a majority of me is saying this is the same thing that's been going on since the beginning of the time for blacks in America, but mainly to point it out to make it more modern during the LBJ Great Society. They know they can't legally put you in chains anymore. They know they legally can't put blacks in chains. So they use other methods to keep them mentally locked up because they know the greatest weapon that blacks have, especially black men have, is our minds. So if we ever free ourselves to know how free we really are, and how much opportunity we really have, there will be no limitations on us. Are we living in a racist society? I would say yes, we are. But the racism doesn't look the way you think it does. It's not based on George Chavez. It's not based on Donald Trump. It's people like George Soros. It's people who smile in your face all the time they want to take your place. They backstabbers. They're the people who really are stabbing you in the back, who really are creating the chaos in your life that really want you still in those mental chains. Those are the people that you got to look out for. So what they do, ladies and gentlemen, people like George Soros, people like Barack Obama, people like Nancy Pelosi, what they do is give you a bone in order to appease you for a little bit, knowingly that they won't give you ultimately what you really need or what you really want. I have an amazing little puppy. He's about five months old now. Whenever he's at a point where he's been super annoying, wanting my attention so bad and Man, I, I just really want to focus on something else, whether I be busy or I just don't feel like it at the moment. Well, me and my wife do, we give him a bone or a treat or something to take his attention off of what he really wants. Long as he don't got to bother me for a moment, long as he over there quiet, he could be over there choking on that bone. I don't give a damn. Just don't bother me for a moment. That's essentially what they give you every time you go out there marching, every time you go out there hoping and begging and wishing that you can get some type of resolution for whatever it is that you have been wronged in. That's what they did to the Native Americans. They tried to throw them a bone. They tried to throw them a bone and tell them, look how much we care about you. And I don't talk about this often because it really doesn't bother me the way that Christopher Columbus discovered America. I think it, almost every nation was created that way. You know, there's a war, you lose. A win, the winner, keep it. A loser, you know, you, now the servant. It's a sad story, don't get me wrong, but every nation has been discovered that way. So that's my true thoughts on that, but the reality is this nation was formed on stealing from these people. Yes, they have thrown them bones in the past by giving them land here and there. But if George Floyd didn't do anything else, it scared white people. It scared white people to the point of saying, look, these people are going to start coming for us. And they're going to start asking for their stuff back. Or they're going to start asking for a percentage of what we took from them. By these people, I mean anyone that's not white. So they said, we need to start throwing these people bones. So for the blacks, let's take down these statues. Let's get them Juneteenth. And for the Native Americans, let's get rid of the Redskins name. Now you guys tell me this in the comment section. You let me know. How does that change anything for Native Americans? How does taking down statues or giving blacks Juneteenth, does that even put a dent in what the actual issues are for Native Americans? Or for blacks. And I'm not trying to group those two groups together. Just please don't don't believe that. I'm saying those are two instances where the government threw you a bone to appease you for a little bit. And you get satisfied enough to sit down, go play with your bone, instead of looking at what you really want or what you really need.
another way to look at this and another lens to look at this through is whatever happened to majority rules. We've gotten to a place in society that rather than listen to the silent majority, they would rather listen to the vocal minority. Where whoever the loudest is, no matter how small the crowd is, they get vindicated. They get whatever they're touting to come to fruition. If you read this article, you will see that the majority of natives, especially this group, the Native American Guardian Association, Nagas, they believe the Redskins was an amazing thing. The logo itself on the Redskins helmet is an actual person. His name is Chief Whitecalf, also known as Two Guns. And the lawyer that's filing the lawsuit with Naga, he's saying that whenever they were fighting on the football field, they were fighting with the same honor and integrity and with courage. And they want to continue to honor that. What a slap in the face to take away the Redskins logo because of the vocal minority. For black people, think about how amazing it would be if we had a Frederick Douglass NFL team, a Harriet Tubman WNBA team, some of our biggest pioneers. You got somebody like Bomani Jones, who at one point had a Caucasian shirt. He thought he was going to make whites offended, you know, because if they can wear Indian shirts or what Redskins shirts, he should be able to wear Caucasian shirts. I think white people were honored, just like the Indian people are honored, just like we would be honored if... We had a Frederick Douglass team. I don't know about y'all, but I'm getting to a point where I'm sick and tired of feeble attempts to call out racism. They're really diluting what racism really is. I had a conversation recently with a group of friends, and all those friends are white people. One of those friends really exemplified what I believe the one of the biggest cases of virtue signaling I've ever seen. And he began to tell me, a black man, how I should feel. Not outright tell me, but insinuate on how I should feel regarding how things went, have gone for blacks, how I should feel about Tulsa, Oklahoma, the mentality of blacks and why they are the way they are. And best believe I definitely understand and empathize with anyone that still has the mindset of they cannot make it or they cannot do certain things based on race. But he made it sound like this was something that's innate in black people, like there's something that is in our DNA. And it's something that is nothing we can do about it. It's just who we are. And to me, guys, that's 100% a load of crap. And to me, that is the definition of racism. Because I asked him flat out, so what happened to me? What was the thing that stopped me and what allowed me to get out of it? He didn't have an answer. I'm sure a lot of you would have an answer. But the point is, guys, we are in complete control. We have complete autonomy over what we do in this life. Man, slavery was a horrible thing. Jim Crow laws was a horrible thing. But in this generation, we should be so grateful and so honored that our ancestors did what they did to put us in the position that we are now. I honor and I pay complete homage to those who came before us and paved the way to this amazing life that we get to live now. Is it perfect? No. But it's way better than they had, and it's something that I will never take for granted. But that's the same for the Native Americans, the Naga. That's exactly what they're saying. When we see our mascot, when we see our ancestor on that helmet, it pays that homage. It's a reminder of everything we have gone through and how far we have came. Put my ancestor back on that helmet. I completely support and I'm cheering for them. I hope they get every dime they can get out of this lawsuit. White people, stay out of people's business. That's all y'all got to do. Y'all got enough stuff going on in your own society, in your own world. Just stay in your world. Stop telling people how they should be offended. want to end today's episode by giving a word from James chapter 2. It's talking about partiality, uh, showing preferential treatment to anyone. I encourage you guys to read this today and allow this to lead you in any sense of partiality, bigotry, racism, 
hatred, anything that may separate you from another person. Allow yourself to see them as Christ, see them as someone that deserves that love the same way that you deserve love. And this indeed is the truth of how we should treat one another.